are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Kula Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? Look, I am uh, doing well and I'm excited to uh, be here with you today and uh, bring our uh, listeners another fabulous guest, you know. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting story, too, that we're going to be talking about. I mean, because, of course, so many of the manufacturing marketers that uh, that we're speaking with are deeply, deeply invested in selling to engineers. Hmm. You know, it really very much is one of their most important personas. It's uh, one of the things that I, I think it's also one of the things that's probably most misunderstood. Yeah, exactly right, uh, and um, and not only are they invested in selling engineers, but that sales uh, kind of flow, if you will, and what's been possible in the last year has uh, changed dramatically. So, yeah, um, it's, uh, we live in interesting times, as it were. <laughs> we certainly do, and uh, so uh, looking forward to our guest to uh, shed some light on how they do that and uh, and his unique role in uh, in marketing um, sensors, as it turns out. So, you know, which is a, a thing that we always like to, to learn about, too. So It's odd. We've had a number of sensor manufacturer clients at Kula Partners, which is just kind of one yeah. of those, if you aren't in manufacturing, you don't even know it exists, you know. Um, so, well, without further ado, so joining us today is Brian Wellhouse. Brian is the Supplier Marketing Manager at TTI. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Brian. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, where are you joining us from today? Is it uh, Fort Worth? Yes, sir. Uh, so I work for TTI. So our headquarters is down here in Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, we uh, Jeff and I have this ongoing love of the film No Country for Old Men. Uh of course, as you know, set in Texas. So we will be going to the West Texas desert at some point to retrace that movie um, <laughs> in some sort of drunken stupor before uh, this business partnership is over, I would guess. So uh, we'll, we'll have to look you up in Fort Worth and get, a, get some, some assistance. There you go. Swing through. <laughs> We've got some good sights. Brian, why don't you introduce us to TTI and your role there? Sure. So uh, TTI is an electronics distribution uh, company. So we're uh, a Berkshire Hathaway. We're a company. We were acquired, uh, I believe, in 2007. Um, uh, but regardless there. So our focus is really, you know, providing a number of different what we call IP and E components. So interconnect, passive, and electric mechanical um, components to circuit board manufacturers, OEM, cable manufacturers. Um, you know, really a wide range of customers, um, you know, from industrial transportation, contract manufacturing, medical. So, you know, we really cover all areas of electronics um, and the manufacturing of them. So I've um, been with them for about six years. And, you know, my main focus has been to, you know, grow our sensor division here. So um, a lot of uh, TTI's business in the past has been based around, um, you know, passive components, onboard um, ca capacitors, resistors, power inductors, things of that nature. Um, and now connectors are a huge part of our business. And, you know, a lot of connectors are attached to a lot of sensors in this world. So, you know, 
it really goes hand in hand with what we're doing. Um, and, you know, they're being utilized more and more in applications every day. So uh, it's an exciting area to be in as well. Well, and I have to think, uh, so what are the the majority of the sensors that uh, that your manufacturing partners are producing? Where are where are they going for the most part? Like what, the, what are your end uh, customers for those? Yep. So uh, on the pressure side of things, you know, pressure sensors, for example, could be on a small circuit board for like a medical device. Last year, um, you know, breathing devices, ventilators, for example, where, you know, being manufactured at a very high rate. So we had a lot of medical device um, applications. Uh, another example would be the non-contact temperature sensing. So whether it be, you know, infrared cameras or, um, you know, handheld thermometers, um, a lot of temperature sensors, you know, small onboard style. Um, if we look at a pressure sensor in a more heavy industrial application or even transportation, you know, that could be the oil pressure on that on that engine uh fuel pressure if you will same same type of solution there um and we work in industrial oil and gas environments as well so you know heavy uh compressed air and compressed liquids in those environments um so you know really those I've, we've got such a range as well from our suppliers that you know like i kind of mentioned earlier we're hitting so many of those markets with their product range um, that it really opens up a lot of uh, a lot of customers for TTI. You know, really, who isn't using some sort of electronics? If you have an electronics engineering department, right, we've got some solutions for you right now. So, um, I think a lot of sensors are also, you know, can be specialty packaged. You know, as I mentioned on those ventilators, there can be um, some humidity or, you know, when we're breathing, we're putting out some droplets of liquid, right? Through, through that breathing process. And, you know, those pressure sensors need to be sealed so that it doesn't affect the, the internal uh, components of that sensor. Uh, where if we're just dealing with dry air, you know, you don't need that sealant. You know, we've got a little bit less cost applied to the part. So, you know, we're seeing very specific uh, parts for very specific applications as well, which is, you know, interesting. We've got a lot more options than we did a couple of years ago as well. So talk to us about the process of, you know, getting in front of these engineering teams and uh, kind of how, how is it that you go about selling, basically? Right. Um, you know, typically, you know, I kind of act as a, you know, a technical liaison, if you will. So I'm helping support our sales team. Um, I'm the technical expert, you know, from our suppliers. I get that training first and, you know, have that knowledge so I can, you know, enable our sales team. You know, I kind of joke sometimes that I, you know, I basically translate nerd to sales talk. You know, we need to make this, you know, so that we can consume. And I'm a sales guy as well. I just, you know, happen to be able to catch on to some of this electronic stuff pretty easily, right? So, um, you know, how do we make it bite-sized so that we can take all this technical data and really focus their training on, you know, the applications and the types of devices they go into so that they have a, a good idea of what we can target with those customers. So, um, you know, my role typically was I was out on the road, you know, 60% of the time, typically, you know, visiting with OEMs and helping support our sales team on that direct sales level. So, you know, obviously that that's changed in 2020. Um, but, it opened up so many opportunities for us. You know, I no longer was sitting on flights 
you know, weekly waiting to go to a customer. I could schedule customer, you know, virtual calls most of my day. So, you know, it really brought down some of those hurdles, but we lost that, you know, that personal connection with the engineer as well. So part of the challenge on the electronic side is, you know, I mentioned that we've got a huge range of solutions for engineers. You know, I've got multiple parts that could work for you, but we want to find the best one, the most efficient, the, you know, the best current consumption, you know, that best sensor that's going to fit your design. So, you know, that's a conversation, you know, that's not a pick something out of the catalog type sell and, you know, we fulfill it with our inventory and good pricing, you know, to support the customer. You know, we've it's an ongoing, sometimes month long process to, you know, figure out those best components. There's hundreds of components on that circuit board typically, you know, so we try and, you know, help really the engineers select those, what's available, what's the best pricing, you know, especially right now, we're going to run into some shortages, I think, in the market. So, you know, part of being at a distributor is that we've got this, you know, this group of suppliers, if you will, that we can offer, you know, we're not going to be locked into a limited set of suppliers. So, you know, I think, especially over the last year, working with engineers, that's been a huge value. You know, if they come to us and say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a pressure sensor, uh, a temperature sensor, you know, XYZ, whatever it is, um, we've got that capability to offer multiple options, right? So, hey, this one's a little bigger, but this one's current consumption's lower. So I think we've been able to be more specific with how we approach engineering rather than, hey, here's a general conversation about sensors, you know, tell us what you're interested in. Um, and I, you know, I think that's one of the positive changes I've personally seen, you know, on how we're approaching engineers, um, maybe a little more recently. So, Brian, what you're saying is because of COVID, because of the kind of the way that you have to communicate with them now, do you find that it's driving the conversation uh, to be more specific and action-oriented sooner? I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Yep, I totally agree. Exactly. Um, you know, it's just a little bit different approach. You know, if we're even kind of talking, you know, leading into some of those changes, you know, we may cover that a little bit as well later. But, um, you know, I think it's people's time is valuable. You know, yes, we're at home, but, you know, I think we're working more. You know, we're always at our computers. We're always available to work in some cases, right? So um, what may have started as, hey, let's have a virtual meeting to, you know, touch base and, you know, recap some projects and see where they're going. You know, now it's, hey, I need to talk about this specific sensor we're working on. I need some options here. You know, it's it doesn't have to be almost such a production. It's becoming very uh, targeted and just a quick exchange of information, yet we're still face-to-face. -face. I think it's interesting, and, and I, I'd like to explore this just a little bit further because, I'm, you know, it certainly is something that we've talked about on this show before, you know, the changing nature of sales as a result of the lack of person-to-person, -person, you know, um, in-person contact, I guess. Um, how have you found that, and, like, has it, has it gotten easier? Are you happier working this way or, or do you miss being on the road? Yeah, I think, you know, any salesperson that's been on the road for quite a while, you know, there's always some days where you're going, oh man, I'd really like to be out on the road. You know, I'd really like to be meeting with some customers and, 
you know, have a cup of coffee and a, a little conversation, you know. So, you know, especially you get to know these people, you know, our customers and our salespeople, we have a long, uh, we have a very experienced sales team and a lot of people that have been at TTI for a long time. So these customers are, you know, are their friends. We've been, we've been visiting them for years, you know, people have been in this market for years. So, you know, I think on that local level, you know, there's a little bit of that missing where I was, you know, traveling on a national level, for example, where it's a, you know, I'm kind of in and out, in and out of cities all the time. You know, personally, I kind of like that home, being at home and being able to be more efficient with my time, um, you know, less TSA checks at the airport and, you know, just kind of those times where you can't really work. You can't really use your time efficiently because you're traveling. So, you know, personally, I've been able to, you know, be more efficient, I think, in some of those cases, um, you know, where I think we do have lost maybe a little bit on our on that side of things is my suppliers, you know, again, just as my local salespeople have their customers, you know, TTI suppliers are really my customers as well, right? I'm making sure that our marketing programs are running uh, and, you know, getting leads and engaging with our branches and, you know, we're focusing on the right parts. Um, but it's nice to get together for some of those annual meetings, you know, your, that exchange of ideas and things like that. Um, I'm missing a little bit of that working at home, to be quite honest, where I think my efficiency is better. Maybe my creativity isn't to that same level as it was. It's a nice, honest answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that there's a, you know, there's a, there's a craving to get back to that in some way. I do think the strength of pre-existing relationships has helped people be reasonably productive um, via, you know, video selling or uh, what have you. Um, I'd be curious, however, you now if you've found it, um, have you found it in terms of making, uh, you know, one thing to have existing friends, <laughs> you know, that you, you sell to, have you found it about making new ones? Uh, has been the prospecting net new, um relationships been more difficult yeah i think it has been you know um one thing that i think you know tti specifically tried to do we we saw that challenge up front you know it's not uh it's not easy to you know hey stop by or i know an engineer that used to work there that now works here you know again that some of that side conversation i think maybe lost over you know over less social selling if you will so really one of the things that I thought we did very well was uh, engage more on social media. You know, typically we're kind of used to making a phone call, sending an email, um, doing those types of things. And, you know, our president, Don Acri, um, really led by example for us. I mean, he was, send me your customers. I'll connect with them on LinkedIn. You know, here's my numbers. Look how many suppliers we're connecting with. And look at these opportunities we have to engage with our customers through social media. Um, so he really, you know, enabled our sales team, I think, to get on LinkedIn, reach out to new customers in your territory by social media rather than maybe our traditional uh, ways of doing so, working with our local sales reps and manufacturers and, um, you know, growing new customers is always important, but I think it's one of the most difficult things to do in sales as well, right, is to, you know, keep that inflow, especially when we're working on you know, I mentioned our designs sometimes take months, years to finish in some cases. So, you know, 
once you get your foot in the door, you really are continuously working with those customers and, you know, getting out into new ones and starting that process all over again can be a challenge sometimes. So um, I think LinkedIn especially gave us a great opportunity to, you know, Mr. Engineer, I work for TTI. This is what we do. I thought of a pressure sensor that looks great for your application. Love the chat. Here's my email. Quick, informal, just a reach out and touch base with engineers. It's nothing special, but it allowed them a new a new way of doing so. And you know, that was something uh we really pushed on all year. And on the marketing side of things, you know, we tried to provide, you know, easy one-page PDFs. Um specific application guides for, you know, HVAC or refrigeration customers, for example, or medical devices, you know, really targeted things that weren't a, hey, here's a new product brochure with 50 series of products in it that it's very hard to get through, right? So maybe again, more bite-sized content and, you know, giving things for our salespeople to push out through social media, post on their LinkedIn, or, you know, just have something relevant to and new to talk about. I think that's what, what I find interesting about LinkedIn when it comes to talking to engineers is that marketers are very much of two different minds here. Some would tell you, don't bother with LinkedIn at all if you're trying to get on and to, to, to connect with an engineer. Engineers aren't on LinkedIn. Only marketers and salespeople are on LinkedIn, kind of that that yep. attitude. And then you're talking to you, Brian. You're like, man, we were connecting with engineers all over the place. And maybe maybe the folks that have trouble connecting with engineers on LinkedIn just aren't uh, connecting in the right way or have something worth talking about. I don't know. Right. And I think personally, it's it's some of the canned messages. You know, if you want to talk specifically about something to me, I've got to be interested. It's not just, uh, hey, I want to book an appointment and talk to you. I, you know, especially on the marketing side, it could be things that you're, you know, aren't even relevant to your job, right? We get those types of emails all the time. Um, and I'm sure engineers get the same thing, right? So that was really our message is if you're sending that message to the engineer via LinkedIn, be specific on what you want to talk to them about and why you think they'd be interested. So, you know, again, the failure rate is always there, right? You said the hundred emails or a hundred messages, sometimes you're hoping for, 10 replies, right? So, you know, I think that did apply there. But um, the thing for me on LinkedIn is, you know, I maybe get 50 to 100 emails a day, right? On average, maybe I get one LinkedIn message, or maybe five a week. So, you know, a lot of people aren't looking at it as frequent as their emails as well. But uh, I think it was a unique thing to, to try and something new to reach out to our customers with. Um, and especially those new customers that didn't know TTI. The good thing about LinkedIn is we're one click away from them learning about our company. You know, if they're not familiar with that, we don't have to send additional information. You know, they can go to the page, our profile page, and know what we're about. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's bit.ly slash sample ABM.
Oh, I think, you know, one of the things that's that's interesting in in this relationship that you have kind of the continuum of the manufacturers uh, or how you refer to them as suppliers and then the distributor relationship and then the end engineer customer who is hopefully specking your sensors into their OEM products is, I mean, in a, it seems like an uncommon relationship to have an outside entity like a distributor being so engaged in that sales process and going so deep and having the knowledge of the of the product at a level that generally you would only anticipate, you know, the manufacturer to have. So, you know, talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with your suppliers in terms of you know, how you help them identify your target accounts and, you know, how your role there versus uh, versus their role in this relationship. I'd be really interested in that. Sure. Um, I think one thing that, um, you know, is maybe unique about our relationships, especially over the years, is that, you know, TTI, um, we're a specialist distributor. So our model behind that is we want to be a top three distributor for every line that we have on our line card. And we want the, the biggest and the best in interconnect, passive, electromechanical, and sensors in that limited product range. Where um, a lot of our competitors, you know, we kind of joke. Some of them have, you know, 600 suppliers. You know, 100 of, 100 of them start with A, and that's our whole line card. You know, but, you know, we really found that we're significant to each other. You know, we give them a large mind share and they give us a large mind share as well. Um, you know, in our industry in general, I think our, you know, our manufacturers, a lot of them even have a third party rep where they don't have a wide network of their own direct sales folks in, in that region. So, you know, distribution is a large focus for them. So a lot of those, what I would call maybe like, a, like an area salesperson where they support the you know, direct customers as well as distribution um, in those areas. You know, we've got a lot of territories where that's the that's that type of relationship we have with our supplier. You know, they want to drive business through the distributor because we will have inventory. We will, you know, forecast and work on those things that we're very good at with the customers and they can focus on the manufacturing side of things, you know, getting those parts out the door. So you know, over time, I think we've just really proven how well we do that with our suppliers, you know, so it's really made a great relationship, you know, to build on when we have that trust with each other, you know, and there's a, always an exchange of leads between us as well. You know, hey, you know, supplier X, please come in to this customer with me. Let's do a joint call. You know, we have that common goal. And, you know, we've got some things in our industry where, um, you know, there's not going to be a large discrepancy versus buying directly from a manufacturer or buying from a distributor. You know, that's kind of the reasoning sometimes is that, you know, there's a price delta between the two. Um, and our industry's really had a lot of programs to, to make that work for each other so we can both be profitable. And when a distributor puts that upfront effort in with engineering, you know, that long time frame, you know, we're, we're protected for that business. And, you know, we have that established throughout that time frame that, hey, we're attached to this business moving into manufacturing. So, and we have some, you know, have, we, we have some means to, 
you know, organize that and um, we call them design registrations. So, you know, they're critical into making sure that, you know, we protect each other and we win those projects, you know, together as partners rather than, you know, it's kind of more of a one way street sometimes, you know, we think, I think that's a unique thing with our suppliers. It's very much a partnership. You know, our growth as a distributor is critical to their overall sales growth. So, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily unique, uh, you know, to a distributor and manufacturing relationship. I think a partnership is always something that's, you know, very important. Um, I just think, you know, we're dealing with such small parts at such high quantities. Sometimes, you know, we joke at TTI, you know, our average selling price is about five cents. You know, and we do billions of dollars of sale of sales every year, five cents at a time, right? So that can be a lot for a manufacturer who's focused on manufacturing and doing that efficiently, you know, to manage on the logistics side. And just gave me the image of a, like industrial penny candy almost. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and look, honestly, some of these parts are so small, they, you know, it's an electronic component that looks like, a, you know, a speck of sand. Right, a tiny little component. So, um, you know, it's interesting. The the quantities on these things are are insane. You know, we've got fifty thousand pieces on one tiny little reel that's you know <laughs> the size of your hand. So it's it can be interesting sometimes. But um, and I again going back to that that core relationship where you know we have that limited supplier base. We're pretty specific about about new lines that we want to take on because we want to make sure that they have that same expectation that we do. So I think some of our, our advantage with our suppliers has really been, you know, built from the core of our company. You know, our CEO, Paul Andrews started uh, this com company in the, in the seventies and, you know, he had a buyer mentality. He was a buyer before he started TTI and he knew sometimes that that one cent, two cent part was the hardest one to get, you know? So, you know, he really built it and built that supplier base to, to again, just be significant to each other. Brian, early in the conversation, I think you said something like you, you translate nerd to sales. Did I hear that right? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's kind of what I feel my main duty is. <laughs> so, you know, you've been doing, you've been doing this translation gig for a while. I, I, I want to know your best secret for doing that. What do you think is the, the uh, thing that you're maybe uh, that you know that others don't about getting that information across to salespeople in an effective way. I think first of all, it's helpful to be a bit of a nerd, which I am. You know, I, I like this stuff. I like technology. Um, you know, I like mechanical things and building things, taking things apart. You know, so you have to have a little bit of of thinking in that way, right? I can I can see an application and it just kind of clicks on what I think I can sell in there, right? So the reason I think part of my advantage is I've kind of worked on both sides. I started in this industry as a salesperson, you know, really hunting for new business, starting relationships from the ground up with engineers. Um, so there's some trial and error in that as well, right? Um, you know, I don't want to paint, you know, a broad stroke as far as, you know, engineers or introverts or anything like that. But they, I think communication with engineering needs to be somewhat direct and, 
with the proper components of technical data and you know that exchange is not always a hey how's your family you know kind of the uh the water cooler conversation if you will um sure they're friendly you know we have a smiling face and we're going to come in and you know be happy people and as sales people that's generally our mentality and our approach to sales but um i think for me personally it was just working on both sides you know when i knew that they cared more about technical data getting some parts me contributing to the project at their company more than my personality for example right so i think um you know just over time i really learned what is important for an engineer to move his project along and what can i do to help so i've been able to get very good training first of all from our manufacturers and in my past you know companies that i've worked at as well they had strong training programs to learn this technology um you know in some cases it's it's copper wire around a, a ferrite core you know these things are are not super advanced um but the basics of electricity and you know ohm's law and simple things like that that you don't need an engineering degree to understand really help you a lot in this business i believe because um for example um a capacitor for on a on a circuit board design is typically going to be chosen because of ohm's law right it's not because of really any mechanical changes or any performance or anything like that typically everything's pretty close to the same performance wise um but when we're talking sensors you know we've got five different temperature sensing technologies and different packages and different things like that so um i think the better the more technical aptitude that we have as salespeople, you know, we can think a little bit further down the road. Hey, this is a standard part, but I know we could modify and maybe we'd want to change this housing or this housing. So, you know, some of it I think is also just the training that we give or I've gotten as well. So a lot of my main goal at TTI is to increase that technical aptitude of our sales team as well. So you know, that makes them ask me when they need that technical support, that second level of questioning rather than that that first maybe probing question in some cases, right? So um, that's an important lesson. I mean, you can't, uh, you almost can't go too far down the road of uh, um, uh, the technical training and, and knowledge. And like, I, and I think if for you, Brian, it's, it is fueled by your, your first point, which was you got to care about it. Uh, you got to have a passion for it. And if you do, well, then, of course, you're going to soak up every bit of training that's put in front of you. Yep. And, you know, being in electronics, I love walking around and just looking at things in the world that I know electronics are in and that I could have sold to some customers, right? I mean, it's just, the again, kind of that salesman and uh, engineer mentality, right? I've got both sides of that. So um, I think when you're in this industry for long enough and, you know, working on that, that intricate level of electronic design some of that just kind of gets burned into you if you will <laughs> well, and the desire to help an engineer to to create a better product and and for them to be as successful as you are and as your suppliers are i mean it's it's a you know 
It's a virtuistic, uh, virtuistic. Is that even a word? But yeah, it's a, it's a virtuous cycle, you know, um, if you're able to create better products and, and help people do their jobs better and you enjoy it and everything, you know, that's, that's how, you know, you're on the right path. Yep. And I mean, really for us, you know, I really liked working with engineering, seeing the design through, and then seeing that full product life cycle. You know, we're really in a unique point in the industry, you know, with electronic design that we really do get to see the conceptual phase at the beginning all the way through to the end of life production. You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of distributors don't always get to see that full life cycle. So I personally kind of enjoy that, you know, especially working with some, some smaller companies or, you know, especially right now with so many cool things happening with electrification of transportation, electric vehicles, battery technology, um, and the medical space is very cool right now. You know, we've got a lot of uh, medical devices that I think will be more geared towards home care, for example, and things that we can just wear on our wrist or, you know, easy, easy to use, right? So that's personally something I enjoy. Um, on the engineering side, or at least starting with engineering kind of fulfills both sides. You know, you get that engineering fix and then in the back end, you get that sales fix when you start selling these things. So, well, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us uh, today on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, likewise. Appreciate it guys. It's uh, been a pleasure. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the cooler ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.